Well, I just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. On second down, aired out, Deontay Harris. He's got it. Touchdown. Another for Winston. What's up? It's your boy Shaq, and you're listening to Acadiana's Best Sports Leader for Acadiana's Best Sports Fans, ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champions. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. On ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. LSU won. Some weren't happy about how they won, including some on the own teams. More on that later, but how about the Saints? A lot of people up in my mentions. Oh, Scott, you were wrong. You said they were going to have to score like almost 50. Yep, I was wrong. Hot damn. That was awesome. Three points? You kidding me? Three points for the Green Bay Packers? Oh, that is the biggest story from the game. Jameis played well. The Saints played well. Saints played really well. The offense put up 38, but the defense... Green Bay couldn't run the ball, and Aaron Rodgers looked completely out of sorts. I mean, closest he came to score a touchdown, he just throws a bad throw to a rookie, just happened to be on the other team. Second down and seven. Rodgers throws in his pass. Intercepted by a pass on a deep ball. And it's a red zone pick for Rodgers, and the Saints take over up 14. Pressure on Rodgers. Listen, listen. It was 
a perfect game plan from Sean Payton. I mean, the Saints were the first team to have back-to-back play touchdown scoring drives since September 17th, 2000. We're talking five days away from being 21 years. Almost old enough to legally drink. It was, and then on the second one, two fourth downs, a fourth and seven on a tight end screen after watching tape and seeing what Green Bay did when they were playing against the Rams a year ago, as Nick Underhill pointed out in his great article that he wrote last night. I was, I was just consuming all of it. Give me all the articles. I want to read all of it. I want to dig into it. The trenches, man. Like, there were aspects of this game, let's be honest, when it looked like Marshawn Lattimore, when when it came, the report came out Saturday that he was downgraded to questionable. When your status is downgraded less than 24 hours before kickoff, more don't play. So I'm sitting there thinking, well, it's going to be Adebo and and, and Trufant are going to be starting corners against Aaron Rodgers? I mean, you could have put the 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 ghost of Jason David out there. I mean, he's not dead. You could have put Jason David now, currently, and 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 Brandon Browner. You'd have to play in the California Penal League. You could have put those guys at corner, and the Saints would have won yesterday. I mean, you got my boy Greg Larnard, G Packer fan, thinking that oh that that bad call on the on the, on the roughing the passer that that really. Packers still had a chance. No, they didn't. First of all, Saints fans don't want to hear about a bad call that goes against your team after Bill Vitovich. But secondly, bad call. Yeah, bad call. Wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't rough of the passer. Good Lord. Were you watching the game? Do you really think that mattered in terms of who was going to win or lose? It's one game. It's one game. But, man, it's exciting for Saints fans. What can the offense do? Jawan Johnson, three catches, two of them on fourth down, one a fourth and seven, the other a fourth and goal, and the other uh, another touchdown. Marcus Williams. I mean, to read Rodgers throw the way he did, go to the opposite side of the field, pick it off. Oh, it's like a punt. Yeah, you don't want to punt it on third and eight. Not to mention Williams returned at 50-plus yards. Lattimore, money man, got the bag, agreed to the deal just before kickoff. Got on the field, battling through a knee injury, injured his thumb during the game, put a cast on it. Now he needs surgery. He's week to week, but he was great against Devontae Adams. Demario Davis was terrific. Quan Alexander, I mean, did he did he get some antibodies from Adrian Peterson? He has nine months removed from an Achilles tear, and he's out there making plays. But the um, honestly, just that, the the way the same. I mean, Eric McCoy goes out on the first drive. It's like, oh boy, they just kept rolling. And that was as enjoyable a Saints game as I've watched in a long time, with the exception of the Sunday night game at Tampa last year. It was, it was awesome. It's just there's a, there's a there's a lot of different places we can go with it. But the reality is, it was simply a lot to get into from week one in the NFL, week two in college football. 
But in terms of a of a of an opening test for for the Saints, I mean they passed that with an A plus four point Thought it was going to be a close game. They were going to lose at the end. I mean that thing was a was a rout. You got ten new starters because of injuries. You have a suspension of the newly traded cornerback. You have relocation. Everything revolved around Hurricane Ida. Jameis Winston threw five touchdowns here, and Rodgers threw five interceptions last year. He threw two yesterday, including one in the red zone, something he hadn't done in two years. I mean, it was, for the most part, a lot of smart decisions, exception of the interception, which got nullified anyway by the bad call. Stepped up into the pocket extremely well, and then you saw the 55-yard pop. I mean, just... Hitting Harris on the money in stride. On second down, air down, Deontay Harris. He's got a touchdown. Another for Winston. It was tremendous. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman of Fox with the uh, with the play calls there. You know, I I, I think you don't you, you enjoy it. You enjoy the hell out of it. I'm not saying you go put all your you know your money down on a futures for the Saints to win the Super Bowl. Let's just just enjoy the moment. I still have some questions this season about this team depth. Um, Eric McCoy out with a leg injury, Lattimore out with the knee injury. Let's see what happens. Green Bay was extremely rusty. Aaron Rodgers very nonchalant. Just it's one game. Relax, everybody. But for the Saints, you don't have to relax, man. Enjoy it. Got Carolina next week. They got to win to open the season against the Jets. But in terms of biggest surprises from week one in the NFL, the Saints were a four-point dog. It's not like they were this overwhelming underdog. So it's not so much a surprise that they win, but when you factor in game to game, not just who won or lost, but how the games unfolded, it was one of the bigger surprises. Maybe the biggest surprise in the NFL yesterday. You know, the offensive line for Green Bay was just bad. They had a couple of rookie starters. Marcus Davenport, that's Mr. Two-first to all of you. Cam Jordan. They were getting after him. Davenport, of course, you know, in typical fashion, plays great and then leaves with an injury. But um, the, the the defensive end that a lot of folks didn't really know much about going into it, to Noah um, Pasagin, I mean, he was terrific. He was playing D-tackle and D-in and nose-tackle, and he was making plays. Christian Ringo out there, the former Raging Cajun, getting the start, getting the pressure. Albert Huggins, Carl Granderson all getting – I mean, they were – in, in in Green Bay, couldn't run the ball whenever it was a somewhat close game, effectively. Their, their O-line did not look good at all. Aaron Rodgers faced a lot of pressure from a five-man rush. And uh, that's what happened on that INT by Paulson at Diva. We're, we're going to look. We're, don't worry. We are going to circle back to the Saints. We're going to open up phone lines a little bit later. Going to get your thoughts on it. I'm Scott Prather. It's the Great Scott Show, ESPN 1420. Going to talk about uh, Cajun Field on Saturday night, the UL game. Little LSU McNeese, some week one uh, NFL games. Of course, week two college football. How about Oregon?
with a huge win at Ohio State. So a lot to dig into, guys. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, the head coach of Louisiana's Raging Cajuns joins me for a one-on-one. Billy Napier, right here on the Great Scott Show. He said the locker room after the game, he wouldn't have known that they had won. Wasn't celebratory. Didn't quite live up to the standard in regards to their performance, but we'll dig into that and more. Don't go anywhere. It's the Great Scott Show, ESPN fourteen twenty. If you're in, a- typically talk to him around seven fifteen every Monday morning during the season. Now this week the schedule's a little different. They've got uh, Thursday night game, and don't know that we're going to get him on. Um, but we will uh, we'll work on getting them on at some point, if not today, maybe later this week. Um, so on that note, let's rock and roll, baby. Phone lines are open, 269-1077, see. All right. So moving on from that, we will um, – you know, one of the one of the big stories from Cajun Field on Saturday night, and I was there, was the concession lines. Um, it was great to see a huge crowd. It was great to see a huge crowd at Cajun Field, and I say huge crowd. Certainly, the biggest one we've seen with mainly Cajun fans. There were some good, was good, you know, some Nichols fans there, obviously, and what they're going through in Thibodeau. But a lot of Cajun fans, you had a, a announced crowd of over 25,000. It was a good atmosphere. It was loud. Um, it was active. I mean, I I did not go to the game as a member of the press. I went with my family. And so I, I can actually speak to what um, what unfolded in regards to the fan experience. And I'll say this, as far as the game itself and, and, and the music and the atmosphere and people and people being safe and all that stuff, it was fun. It was a good college football environment. The one big negative was the concession stance. Um, you know, I, I with three young kids, feeding them, everything else, waiting in line for 30 to 40 minutes is not ideal. Somebody wanted to get a quick drink. It took a long, long time. There was... No, um, how do you say? Like there, there wasn't any big menus up on the wall. There was just kind of a small sheet with it, so you couldn't really look at what was available till you got up there. I know the car machines were going, going kind of slow. They were a little understaffed. I know that last night, uh, Doctor Maggard sent out an email to uh, RCF members, to season ticket holders, uh, stressing that they're going to get it fixed. Uh, writing an apology. Now, Dr. Baggard is scheduled to come on with me on Thursday with Norm and I, but we're going to get him on here in just a second to uh, to discuss that and discuss a little bit about the game itself, what unfolded, uh, lots to get into. So uh, here is some Beastie Boys for you, and we'll have Maggard on in about 30 seconds. All right. So, in regards to Napier, I'll I'll just be transparent. Um, communications department over at UL they do a good job. They uh, I got sent a text yesterday, and 
totally just didn't see it. It's on me. It's on my phone. No excuse. About the schedule being off this week, trying to move some things around, and uh, them being in a team meeting this morning as opposed to the normal Monday time we have Napier on. So my apologies, guys. Still a glorious Monday. I'm just saying. On a weekend like that where those teams win, Dr. Brian Maggard, uh, inter- vice president of inter- intercollegiate athletics, uh, athletic director at UL, is uh, is on with me now. We'll talk to him a little bit more on Thursday, but I wanted to bring him on briefly here on the Great Scott Show to discuss uh, a couple of things. Good morning, Dr. Maggard. How are you? Good morning. Happy Monday. So um, you, you talked all week quite a bit last week about the crowd and let's step up and let's get people there and you know the the products on the field and the experiences there how did you feel about the atmosphere of the crowd on saturday night again well it was unbelievable and i can't thank our fan base enough uh, for showing up we've asked them to do that they did it saturday night and um it was just a tremendous atmosphere from a crowd and fan base standpoint so thank you to all of cajun nation Thank you to our students who showed up, they showed out, and that's the type of environment that I know we want in You know, moving the student tailgate, uh, some f- folks felt like that, that, that helped out in a way. Do you feel like that was uh, part of the, you know, w- one of several, maybe not just the only reason, but one of several reasons why the student section kind of showed out the way that they did? I think it could have helped, Absolutely. You know, I think we did a good job working with the student organizations on campus. And um, I think it's just a really a total team effort. We'd actually had that student tailgate uh, over there last year. But with all the um, the attendance restrictions and capacity limitations, it just never had the turnout, you know, like it was Saturday night. And, again, we're hoping for Thursday night having something similar because we're going to be on national television on ESPN the flagship. Dr. Brian Maggard, our guest. Dr. Maggard, I, I got to obviously ask you about the one negative that everybody was talking about, and uh, I can attest to it just being at the game with my family, the concession lines, an exorbitant amount of time. Um, it, you know, people were missing good chunks of long chunks of the game. Uh, it's not as if the staff wasn't working hard, the concession staff. They were, they were, they were, they were sweating. I mean, they were working very hard, but it just, there was no quick flow. It was backed up. We're talking 30 feet. And, you know, talking to folks, both the Cajun field during and after, there was there was some angst there. And I know, um, you know, I have to be better than that. I know you sent out a message to the season ticket holders, RCEF members last night. So what happened and, and what are you guys going to do to remedy it? Sure. Well, uh, in, in, a, in a word, Scott, you know, that experience for our fan base was a debacle. And, and that's not remotely what we're about and what we want to be about. And so, ironically enough, as I'm speaking with you, I'm also driving to a meeting on campus uh, with our facilities folks, our concessionaire representatives, and Sodexo and our athletic staff to come up with the remedies. We know that we have um, infrastructure issues within Cajun Field, right? And really, the, the, the main culprit Saturday night was the fact uh, that we had a limited bandwidth. So what that was doing was slowing down all the transactions. And so what should take a matter of seconds was taking multiple minutes. And it was just slowing everything down. Now, I know we had issues on top of that, so don't get me wrong. It wasn't just 
that, but that was the main issue that caused all the delays. So we're going to go to work today, see what we need to do to remedy that for both a short-term uh, fix and then ultimately we're going to talk about long-term strategies. We need more fiber around the Cajun field. We'll get that done. But in the intermediate, we may be looking at a hard wiring issue that we can ramp up all those concession stands and make sure that we don't have that connectivity issue that really slows everything down. We'll continue then today to talk about the other issues that people shared with us, you know, be it limited food items, um, you know, lukewarm water, things of that nature. We'll also, you'll see us, uh, we'll discuss having more cash lines only and making sure that we can just expedite the process. Because I will say this, Cajun Nation, they showed up. They did exactly what we asked them to, and we did not deliver uh, the experience that they deserve for showing up. So that is my number one priority this week. So come Thursday night, it's a totally different experience for our fan base. All right, ESPN 1420, Dr. Maggard addressing the issue and uh, speaking to the Cajun fan base loud and clear. Um, was there Were there any other things in terms of game day experience, Maggard, you wanted to comment on or any feedback you heard or um, was it pretty much, hey, look, everything was fun except except the concessions? You know, we always have little things here and there. Um, we had some uh, – a handful of people have some confusion about when certain gates would open. You now we publicized that pretty well. Uh, gates one and five opened up at 8 a.m. Everything else was uh, two, three, and four is going to open up at noon. I think we had some people possibly not see that uh, advertisement out there, but we'll continue to communicate louder and more. Um, I thought tailgating went very well. I didn't hear any concerns in that space at all. Um, we did have a little bit of congestion, I think, in uh, gates, uh, maybe on the east side. The, their entrance numbers slip my mind right now. But, um, you know, I think that could just be due to a mad rush of people kind of waiting and coming in. But other than that, no, I thought things went really well. Very pleased with our marketing department, uh, led by Jake Longnecker and his staff. You know, they put on a great tribute to our military and the 9-11 uh, anniversary, I think our fans really enjoyed that experience. And so other than that, you know, I think everything went well. We just got to get this concessions issue fixed, and we absolutely will. All right, Dr. Maggot, I'll let you run. We'll talk to you a little bit. Norm and I will talk to you on uh, on Thursday. But um, in the meantime, you know, the weather, uh, the Cajuns won, albeit, you know, maybe not the way that – as they put it, as Coach Napier said, sort of the standard they had set for themselves. But you got the W. Uh, you got a great crowd, a great experience outside of the concessions. And I know, as you said, the various ways y'all are working uh, already diligently to uh, to get that fixed. Thursday night, Cajun Field, Louisiana hosting Ohio. It's a short week. It's a quick turnaround. And uh, like you said, it's on ESPN 7 o'clock this uh, this. Thursday night. Appreciate the time. We'll talk soon, and uh, I'll let you get to work. All right, sir. Thank you. Have a great day. You got it. There's Dr. Maggard coming on as he said his message to Cajun fans. In regards to the concessions, it was a, and I quote, debacle. End quote. And in terms of, like, sort of the, um, you know, Wi-Fi, Internet, whatever you want to call it, 
It was. I mean, I, I, you know, usually when I'm at the, I'm, I'm either usually in the studio, in the studio, I'm usually either in the studio producing or, you know, walking around on the sidelines or in the press box or in the radio booth. I kind of like to move around when I'm there. But that's like in a working in, environment and, you know, you got Wi-Fi and whatnot. And, you know, being there certainly uh, with the family and down on the, on the, on the hill, in the grass. I mean, I couldn't get any any internet, any tweets out, nothing. And as he pointed out, that really led to the extremely slow card readers in terms of you're in the concession stand trying to pay with your credit card, trying to pay with your debit card. The amount of slowing everything down. He said there were some other issues as well, but that certainly was a big one. And they're um, they're working, vowing to get this thing fixed, get it remedied, and. Take care of business. Because it was, you know, this this isn't just, I, I've, I've been in this job long enough to know when it's a couple of, you know, I didn't want to do this or pay for this. It took a little while to get out the parking lot after the game. This wasn't some little thing. I mean, this was, this was widespread, and they know it, uh, and they're addressing it, and I appreciate him coming on to talk about it. 32 after the hour. My apologies to our listeners for not having, Coach Napier on this morning. Hopefully we can, you know, I know we got a couple of uh, Zoom calls with him, but it's not sort of one-on-one. It's the entire media. But, you know, I I can say this. In talking to him after the game, got some audio that I could play for you there before we take a quick timeout. And uh, what unfolded on Saturday. But, you know, we asked him a lot of questions, and he was not happy uh, I say not happy. He he, he mentioned, well, let, let me just go ahead and play it for you. It's Coach Napier after the game, before we even really started to ask him questions. Here's what he had to say about the crowd, the atmosphere, the team's performance, the locker room not being, I guess, celebratory at all, even after a win. Here's what Coach Napier had to say. But, you know, I, I'm, I really don't want to talk about the football um, just yet until you guys have questions. I want to talk about how appreciative we are of that crowd that showed up tonight. Um, you know, we've worked around here for a long time. Our administration has done a terrific job creating a game day experience for our fans. Uh, certainly our athletic department, uh, university leadership, you know, our football organization and team have worked hard to put a good product on the field. Uh, and to start the season in, in front of that group, 25,000 people, we've been working uh, to create something like that. I'm just I'm thankful for our students. I'm thankful for the fans, the alumni, all the people in Acadiana that showed up. It was a first-class venue out there tonight, and certainly uh, they affected the game, and we're, we're thankful for that. Um, you know, but I, I'm, I think it's a good thing. Uh, when you go in a locker room after a game and you and you won the game, uh, but the players understand uh, the standard and the expectations, and they know uh, that they can do things better. Um, I think that that's what we have in our locker room right now. You know, we got a group that's having a hard time celebrating winning the game. That's tough to believe, uh, but I think it's a good indication that they understand and have standards and expectations uh, in terms of how we play, uh, independent of the result, independent of the outcome. So 
you know, but ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. That is Coach Napier after the game. Uh, Lindsey Scott was doing. I mean, he does a little bit of everything, but they really didn't have an answer for him. Nichols getting over five hundred yards of offense. Third downs continued to be an issue. They were nine of sixteen. Louisiana was five of fourteen. Um, you know, when you look at the stat sheet, Nichols had nearly a hundred more yards, better on third downs, uh, completed more passes, um, had a better completion percentage, had more yards per rush, had more yards per pass play, rushed for more yards, only had five more yards in penalties. Won the time time of possession battle by over five minutes. I mean, it was the pick six by Chris Moncrief. That was the play. And, yeah, you could say, oh, well, the, the style of defense Louisiana was playing late and them getting extra. Say whatever you want. I mean, it was when you're playing Nichols, who is 0-2, and they play in the FCS, and you're a team that is getting votes in the top 25, you expect to get – I mean, the, 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 the betting line was 26-and-a-half. You expect – more lopsided win, you expect better play around. Not to say that there weren't bright spots. I mean, that that touchdown throw from Levi Lewis to Michael Jefferson, first read all the way, Lewis kind of stumbled coming out of the, you know, in, into his drop and sort of gathered himself and just threw a dime. Uh, John Stevens was was looking good. You know, there were there were definitely some positives, but I think – there are a number of things this team still needs to work on, and we'll talk to the coaches this week, get a better idea, and they've got a huge game on Thursday night. An Ohio team out of the MAC that you, you know, Cajuns right now are a 20-point a favorite, but they were a 26.5-point favorite the other day. In Ohio, they, they, they desperately want to win, man. They got upset by an FCS school on Saturday. They lost to the Duquesne Dukes out of the NEC. Short week. lot to work on. Don't go anywhere. Oh, one more thing on the Cajuns. Uh, shout out Elijah Mitchell if you want to read about that on our website. He, uh, he played for the Niners yesterday, and the guy rushes for over 100 yards. First rookie to run for over 100 yards in a debut since Alfred Morris did in 2012 for the Washington football team that happened to be in the Superdome against the Saints. Sorry to bring up that memory. Remember RG3's first start? Uh, but Elijah was great yesterday. Raheem Worcester left with an injury. So Elijah was second on the depth chart. Now moves up to first, and if Booster misses time, my initial's the starter. He didn't even catch any passes. You know what he can do with the ball in his hands. But... Um, Certainly a good debut for him. You can read more about that. They beat the Lions. Guess who led the Lions in tackles in that game? That'd be uh, Mr. Tracy Walker, who had seven tackles. It's a glorious Monday, everybody. I'm Scott Prather. My apologies for the kind of a choppy segment there in regards to what I was expecting and how it unfolded. But I appreciate Dr. Maggard coming on, addressing the concession issue, among other things. When we come back, opening up phone lines for all of you. 269-1077-269-1077. LSU won 34-7. Their fan base isn't happy about how things unfolded, especially in the first half. NFL week one in the books with the exception of one more game, Baltimore and Las Vegas tonight. A lot of snap reaction, snap judgment. Saints dominating Green Bay. 
Your chance to sound off next. Don't go anywhere. It's the great Scott Show, ESPN1420 and .com. Sharks teeth so I could bite your head. I got tiger's claws that'll scratch your dead. I got wings like a dragon when I'm flying above. Shoot venom from my eyes when it's time to get rough. Step back and check yourself. Oh, how good was it, guys, to see the teams back out on the gridiron to see NFL football back on our TVs. And lucky for us, that was just week one. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL, is putting us in the center of the action for week two, putting you in the center of the action because new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars of total prizes with their first deposit by signing up for the DraftKings fantasy app using code 1420. Get in on the action now. That's code 1420. How do you play? Simple. Pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, see how your team stacks up. That's it. Compete. Feel the NFL action like you've never felt it before with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use code 1420. This week, new customers can get a free shot at a million dollars in total prizes. Enter code 1420 to get a free shot at millions in total prizes with that first deposit. That's code 1420 only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You guys have heard me tell you about MyLocalCustomers.com here on ESPN 1420, and with good reason. It's never been more important for your business to be found online, and Townsquare can help you find more local customers online, get you new leads every single day. It's fast, and it's easy. Visit MyLocalCustomers.com and get a free competitive analysis and learn more. Be one of the first to sign up and receive $500 in free advertising right here on ESPN 1420. It's MyLocalCustomers.com. Customers.com. He's turned loose and touchdown Hogan. We've seen Jameis Winston now run the ball several times in this game and pick up first downs. And the patience that he shows in the pocket. It's him, the threat of running the ball, that, that kind of gives the lane then for Hogan. You can see from the cable cam shot here, as Winston works back up into the pocket, the threat of him running pulls up defenders enough. Welcome back into the Grace Scott Show on a Monday. Phone lines are open, 269-1077. The glorious Monday. Quarter to eight, lines lighting up. Can't wait to hear from you guys. 269-1077. We still got plenty to dive into. So for those of you waiting on hold, we are, uh, they're all lit up. So be patient. I'm going to um, get all of you in. Stick with me. Let's head to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Hello. Good morning, Scott. How are you? I'm doing great, Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing good. A uh, couple comments on the Saints game, and really goes back to preseason philosophy. I know you, you talk a lot about you can't follow the score, and of course you can't. But there, beyond players, there's things you can look up to pick up. And one thing that encouraged me, in the preseason, the two preseason games the Saints played, uh, which was a big contrast to the past, 
in the eight series the first team played, like in the two games, they gave up one first down. So uh, that gave me a hint, and maybe we'll see the defense play better early. And in past years, in preseason, they, go, they may give up a touchdown or two in that first series, and that would tra- translate maybe to the first few games of the season. So that's one thing I think maybe in the future, maybe not only look at how a particular players play in the preseason, but maybe look how a particular unit plays, particularly And I actually think Jameis Winston playing a few plays in the preseason and, and Aaron Rodgers playing none. What's the benefit to the Saints versus Green the Bay look Green Bay looked very rusty. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and Jameis, you know, he, he needed those pre. I mean, they only got two preseason games. You know, each situation's a little different, but Green Bay looked rusty. Now, I know the, the glass half full Packer fans will tell you, you know, it's all right. You know, he was rusty. Everyone needs to relax. And the, and the glass half empty will say, well, it's not as much about the preseason as it was sort of the um, – friction and the schism between you know players and management i think both sides don't need to overreact but i think the saints fans need to enjoy the hell out of that one for the next week yeah i agree my, my point is is in the future of preseason you don't want your regular guys to play a lot or even a little less than a lot but they need to play a minimal amount to just actually get used to the speed of the game and i think that benefit of the saints um, last week by the way I, on the, your interview with dr mack i just sent you something on message that you may want to look at so Sure, yeah, and, and I'm sorry I didn't have Napier on. Honestly, it was I. You know, I, I had so many texts yesterday, and I got a text from UL that it wasn't going to be the normal time, and I just missed it. So that's on me, and I apologize to the listeners. But um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I appreciate Magger coming on. Uh, you know, and, and addressing that thing right out the gate, man. And you know, there's really nothing else to say other than what he said. It was a debacle, and he's he was on his way to a meeting, and they're they're doing everything they can to uh, to remedy. I think the. Uh, undoubtedly the biggest critique about the game day experience. And, and yeah, look, it was a debacle in terms of the concessions. But, you know, uh, I would say that a lot of the atmosphere and um, a lot of it was good. You know, little things here or there, as you might point out. But shout out to, uh, shout out to the community for stepping up. I was, I was a bit skeptical, I'll be honest. Um, you know, I, I kind of just wanted to see it. But um, 25,000 plus, it was, was, uh, was they were there and active. Yeah, and and I think so much of that does, the students being there and being loud just makes such a difference for a game day experience. I mean, that's just a reality. Uh, And don't worry about not having uh, Napier on because uh, we're not having quarterback club this week because of the early Thursday game. So, you know, everybody has to make a little sacrifice. I'll let you get on somebody else. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. All right, let's keep rolling, man. All the lines lit up. Welcome in. Good morning. I may not have got any concessions, Scott, but my stomach's full of W's because that's what I ate all weekend was W's. Oh, it, and, and what's funny, man, is it's right whenever, like, I think it was like the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth. I said, I just wish right now I could hear Scott just hit a glorious right now because this is just, <laughs> oh, thing, oh, my God. That, that was, you know what that was yesterday for Saints fans? That was just pure natural dopamine. That's what that was. I know. I, I saw your, tw- your tweet of pure dopamine. I was like, God is That's what on it was, man. My wife's like, I mean, you just oh, you like these blowouts. I'm like, good Lord, like those close games are so stressful. I mean, the anxiety is so high. When you get a magical game like that, especially one that, look, I, I know I know that I, I was wrong. I thought the Packers would win a close game. And I know that a lot of you listening thought the Saints would win. And good for you. Let me tell you something. There was not anyone out there that thought the Saints were going to hold Green Bay to three points, that thought they were going to win by five touchdowns. So 
every my, no, my point is 0%. every Saints fan out there was not expecting what unfolded yesterday. Even if you expected a win, and those are the games that are just they really are the most in to me anyway, the most enjoyable from start to finish. It's like you're nervous for like ten minutes at a time. You're just riding this wave of euphoria. When I walked in, when I walked into the kitchen, because our back back door from our kitchen on the back patio, and I was I was cooking, and I, my wife said, "Don't do that." I'm like, "What?" She's like, "The way you're walking." I'm like, "What am I doing?" She's like, "You look like you're doing that stupid walk that Conor McGregor does whenever he walks in the ring." <laughs> I just like had this like swag to my walk. Apparently, I just was feeling myself. I was like, "This is happening right now." Like every like at the end of the game, I'm like, "Oh man, well I guess they're gonna put seven points on the board and make it look like it's more than it was." And then they turn it over, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And then at the very end of the game, I went look at the stats, and uh, I just wanted to uh, to say this for Norm because I know Norm's listening. Norm, when a team Leads time of possession is plus three in the turnover margin and has over 300 points uh, yards of offense. You're supposed to win. That's what the Saints did. Just so you can know, send that video to your Cowboys and hopefully they can learn from it. I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, Josh. I mean, he might be listening. Of course, he might just oversleep. Two more. ESPN 1420.com. Good morning. God. What's happening? Hey, man. It's old school nerd. How you doing, buddy? Glorious. Yeah, I know. Okay, so we, I, we're going to do this like it's week one of the end of fantasy football like it really is. We're going to do that for Dr. Maggard and the people at UL. Let's see how they make second-week adjustments going in, and then, then we'll come back with some critique because I had a great time. I know you had a great time. Um, that Saints game was ridiculous for me because I don't have Jameis Winston on my fantasy team, and I kept looking over going, wow. 30, 30 points, well, three points for the Packers, and I kept looking at Winston, and I didn't see a lot of passing yards, but what I saw was a ton of touchdown passes, and that's something you don't expect from an Winston because he would, like, throw the ball so much that like he's Brett Favre throwing interceptions here. If he's learning how to manage the game better, that's a really good sign. Now, I know it's week one. We're going to wait to week two. The other thing I want to tell you is every year – in my fantasy draft, I always draft one Cajun player, preferably a rookie. I usually do it every year. And this year, there's a certain person that's now going to be starting in my flex this week because his last name is Mitchell. So I'm pretty excited. So you're excited, too. Oh, yeah, it's on, baby. Have a great day, Scott. Great to see you on Saturday, man. All right, let's take uh, another one. Then we'll hit up uh, the end of the hour break. We're going to reopen the phone lines in the 8 o'clock hour. We're going to keep this train rolling. Good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. What's up? What's up, Scott? It feels great. Huh? Oh, hey, man. let me ask you a question. Understatement. Man. Out of the two quarterbacks, uh, which one threw 30 picks a couple years ago? That'd be Mr. James I mean, Winston. Oh, because I swore Aaron Rodgers was the one that threw 30 interceptions, throwing the ball up for grabs and um, throwing it under the rest, you know. He, I mean, the, look. The, the, he, he was setting records yesterday for work. I mean, it, I mean, like he's, he's still Aaron Rodgers. It was, a, it was a bad day for him. Oh, yeah. He, 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 <laughs> I mean, when you're setting records for worst performance in, in, a, in a regular season opener for a reigning MVP – uh, when he has the most lopsided lopsided loss of his career as a starter, well, the Saints certainly gave. I mean, Southeast. it was just it was it was it was crazy, man. It was really just crazy. That was that was Nirvana for Saints fans yesterday. Uh, it was great. 
How about how about my boy uh, Jawan Johnson? Huh? Hey, Jawan, <laughs> that three three catches, two scores. He and um, look, he was they weren't was easy good. either. And, oh, he went up and got him, and then the, the, really the fourth and seven. That was just that you know that was Sean Payton pulling pulling something out and just laying it on the table in front of everybody. You know what I'm saying? It was like fourth and seven. It's only ten nothing. They're at the forty. They're at the forty. And he's like, oh, we're good. We'll go for it. And he runs the the, the tight end screen. And it, it was the perfect play call. And, um, and was, they, they, had, they had worked on it for a while. They got the look they wanted. It was beautiful, man. And, and my guess is if they don't get the look they want, they call a timeout and then fans at home complain. Oh, why did they waste the timeout? It was stupid. It just punted or blow. They, they got the look they wanted. They took it. And then they go down the field. And then it's fourth and goal. And, and he just, boom. Lays it out on the table again. He's like, take that. It's like, okay, the only thing I, I wish Jameis was better at was throwing underneath. Like, dumping it off. You know, that's working on it. He's working on it. Drew uh, had. He's working on it. I mean, he didn't take, he really didn't take unnecessary risks. He threw, he threw it away yeah. when he needed to, and he really, he tucked and ran when, when he needed to. Oh, that and, was great. You know, it's, that, it, hopefully this is a system where, it's uh, he, you know, so far one game in, long way to go. But uh, yesterday it it was it was terrific. It was a uh, glorious. All right, Scott, thank you. Thank you. Glorious. You know, on that second touchdown pass to Juwan Johnson in the back of the end zone, there was the the uh, you got guys with their hands all over him as he's letting go of the ball. Um. But that one to Chris Hogan, I mean, he's stepping all the way up in the pocket, all the way up. He's not going backwards. Steps all the way up, cognizant of where the line of scrimmage is before he hits it, boom, releases, touchdown, Chris Hogan, touchdown, Saints. It was glorious. (sighs) Don't go anywhere. Bowl line still open at 269-1077 on a Monday. We'll talk a little bit about what unfolded in Baton Rouge. Certainly we'll talk about Cajun Field and the crowd and the Cajuns and their win over uh, Nichols if you want to dig into that. Plenty more on the Saints. I hate to I, I hate to be the Debbie Downer, and I'm not going to let it ruin my day or anything. But unfortunately, Saints fans, I do have some <sighs> potential bad news to report. And it's not a joke. I'm being serious. I'm going to tell you what it is. When we come back after this, it's ESPN 1420.com. Don't go anywhere. The greats continues right after this. ESPN 1420.com. Acadiana's original sports radio station. Great Scott. The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. On ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Great Scott Show, the 8 o'clock hour. Phone lines are open, 269-1077. 
on a Monday that uh, is, quite frankly, glorious. No, I won't give in. Winners this weekend. Winners. We've talked a lot about the Saints. We've talked about UL, their win over McNeese, a win that didn't leave the fans completely satisfied in regards to you know how the team played by their own mission, didn't quite play up to their own standards. Um, talked to Dr. Maggard about the concessions and other things and also about all the positives and great things that unfolded on Game day over at um, at Cajun Field. Coach Napier. Coach Napier, who wasn't able to join me this morning, um, as, as it's a short game week, and they're, uh, he's going from um, one staff meeting to a team meeting currently, did just text me just now and says, uh, make sure folks know how appreciative we are of the support. He was spending a lot of time after the game talking about how happy he was, how much the players appreciated it, the Cajun walk, the pride that they have when they see the community out there stepping up. That was good. That was good. Good stuff. In the world of college football, and you could go a lot of different directions, but you know LSU beats McNeese State 34-7, to kind of pulled away in the second half, but no explosive plays in the first half. The O-line... Uh, did not look good. They had a couple of backups playing, but after week one and then seeing backups struggle against an FCS school's D-line, you know, fans were uh, fans were not satisfied. Talked to a few people that were there. They said the atmosphere in the first half when the offense is kind of just in, in you know, a, a slog like that. Not that exciting for them, but ultimately they did what they were supposed to do. And they got Central Michigan, who's... Not all that great, and then they'll get ready for SEC play. Saints 38-3, Cajuns 27-24, LSU 34-7. Got a lot to dig into. NFL week one, we're going to go through some of the games. The second to biggest surprise yesterday in the NFL, we'll dig into that. 269-1077, though. Phone lines are lit up once again. We want to hear from you. Let's head to the phone lines. Good morning. Hello. Hello. What's happening? Is this nine one one? Man, I need a, I need an ambulance. My sugar, my sugar. I've been in a sugar coma since yesterday afternoon. I need an ambulance. Sugar coma, man. I you know it, yeah. I don't know that that I don't know what kind of drug that was yesterday, but uh, it wasn't sugar, and it didn't put you in a coma. It put you in a high. My my, uh, my yeah, I think my I think I got diabetes now. My blood, I, I think my sugar spiked as about a, three thousand. As, as a type one diabetic, <laughs> I am not offended at all. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Scott. I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm down with it. I'm down with it. I was sitting there, and it was like play after play after play after play. It was like little injection after little injection after little injection. You know, I was just like, God. I mean, I, uh, what do you say? It was like watching death by a thousand cuts, except you're the one administering the cuts. And look, let's face it, it couldn't have been to a more deserving guy than that smug, you know, absolute egotistical jerk on the other side to watch 
the Saints just go out there and dismantle them. And I was, I'm going to tell you something, Scott. The older I get, you know, you get, you get to this point in life where you say, okay, so that I don't get too upset, I have to prepare myself for every scenario. But the one you scenario didn't pre- I did not you prepare, didn't prepare yourself for, for that one. <laughs> Let me tell you something. No, that was there wasn't there wasn't a there were there were plenty of Saints fans I know that thought they would win and they were mad at me that I thought Green Bay would win a close game and uh, there wasn't a single individual that thought the Packers would score three points and that the Saints would completely dominate them and that the Saints would get would be on the right side of 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 the calls all of it just from start to finish nobody nobody was expecting that and that's that's what made it yeah. so you know that's one of the reasons that made it so glorious oh yeah and now look here's the funny part okay here here's the funny part right now okay Jameis Winston is on pace to throw 85 touchdowns <laughs> And zero interceptions this year. <laughs> wow. While Aaron Rodgers is on pace to throw 28 interceptions and zero touchdowns. <laughs> hey, and those are the facts, okay? I, you, you say what you want to. I understand it's one game. But right now, Jameis Winston is on pace to, to destroy the all-time touchdowns to, to interception ratio, and Aaron Rodgers ain't doing quite as well. I just, I just, I just, I love that. But you got on, you on gotta only on only it. about twenty five hundred yards passing too for 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 Jameis. You know, yeah. so oh, just, yeah. just that, totally that was, total that... efficiency. He he. If you had told me going into the fourth quarter, if you told me before the game, Scott, man, going into the fourth, Jameis is only going to have like ninety three passing yards. I'd have been like, oh my god, like it's going to be awful. Yeah. Like what? How many? How many interceptions? This is going to be terrible. Their offense is going to not yeah. be able to do anything. Oh, this is gonna... instead, heading into the fourth quarter, the game was long over, and uh, and he still had you know a nice fifty-five yard bomb dime in his back pocket that he threw. Oh yeah, was, uh, until that point, it was ninety-three yards passing with four mm-hmm. touchdowns. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've never seen game a ratio or game heard a ratio like that. Yeah, yeah, but you would look. Let, look, there's there's no way to downplay those runs that Jameis made in those drives that kept those drives alive that would have otherwise been, you know I mean? He, he extended those drives and turned those drives into points by going out and getting first downs, making the right decision, running for the running for the first down. What did what he, he run for, three or four first downs in those two drives? Yeah. And that is what really set the pace for the football team, along with everything else. I mean, we, we, we did, you know, the, the whole team, all of ours outplayed all of theirs. And when you take all the circumstances and put all, mix all of that into the gumbo, it is just that, that, that may be the greatest Saints win, you know, ever, at least in regular season. It, it just, it's definitely in the top ten. I don't care. It's not, you I mean, it's not. It's 10. not better than. It's not better than the dome coming. I mean, I think that one will always be the ultimate regular season one. But well, you know what makes terms it of, better? in terms of season you know openers? You know, yes. Yeah. You, you know what makes it better? It just happened. <laughs> You might be up in, uh, yeah, yes, you might just be up in your emotions yeah. right now, as you should be, as all Saints fans should yeah. be. 
Yeah. All right. Well, I, I'm going to let you go. But, man, I got to tell you, it should. I mean, anybody who didn't like that, you're hard to please. So I got to let you go on it later. Thank you, Kyle. ESPN 1420. All right, before we get back to the phone lines, I did say that there was something out there that eh, not official yet, but one Jeff Duncan tweeted, I don't know, about 730, and I quote, we should know more on the injury front today, but I'm hearing it might not be good on Marcus Davenport. No word yet on others. Stay tuned. You know what? We're going to move on. Just had to put it out there. Had to let you all know. Don't want to harp on it right now. Guys just need to enjoy the moment. ESPN1420.com. Hello. Hey, Scott. That's me. Yes, it's you. Good morning. <laughs> morning. Uh, couple, touch on a couple things, mostly the Saints. Um, real quick on uh, Eli Mitchell. He was awesome yesterday. Um it, I, I did hear also about Alfred Morris being the last rookie to rush for over 100 yards in his first start. I don't know where that guy got that from, whoever posted that. But, I mean, Clyde Edwards, he later ran for 138 on Thursday Night Football in his first game just last year. So, I don't know, I don't know about that Alfred Morris thing. Let me, let me, find, let me, let me, let me find the tweet because it could have been something I said. Let me see. No, I, I read it too. I read it too. And all, right, all right, all right. No, I no, read no. It, I said it, that's it gotta was, be wrong. It was, it was my fault. So. What he tweeted well, was, what he tweeted, what he tweeted, well, I spoke it, or what he tweeted was, is the first rookie uh, since the merger drafted in round four or later to rush for 100 plus okay. in the season opener. That's what he tweeted. So, and, and okay, you, that know, makes that, more sense. you know, but I tell you, man, after Eli, Eli ran the, a 4 3 2 40, I, I thought he was, I thought he was going to move up in the draft because prior to that, he was looked at as about a sixth round pick, and I'm like, man, the way the way that the forty yard dash is viewed by scouts and speed in that position, you know. But he still went in the sixth. I thought he was going to move up, and the Niners looked like they got a steal, man. I mean, you look at that that touchdown he had yesterday of 38 yards. The speed it is looked on just like display. what he did for the Cajuns. Yeah, and he didn't even, he didn't even have yeah. a target yesterday. You know what he can do? You know, catching the ball as well. So. With Mostert's injury, you know, don't know how long he'll be out, but if he misses time, Mitchell slides right into the starting lineup. Yeah, the best thing I read about that was people were wondering why was Trey Sermon inactive. I read later that Kyle Shanahan said the, the reason he was inactive is basically because Mitchell was the better uh, running back in camp. Mm-hmm. He just beat him out, mm-hmm. plain and simple. So. And you know who uh, led the, you know, they beat the Lions? You know who led the Lions in tackles yesterday? Tracy Walker. Awesome. And I didn't know that. No, that's awesome. That's really cool. Uh, okay, so the Saints. <laughs> um, you, had, you had invited me to call me back later in the year to tell you I told you so. I wasn't going to do that. But the things that I did mention, Jameis Winston, I said if, if Sean Payton is smart enough to, to name him the starting quarterback, he's going to be awesome. Um, I, I, remember, I know you were worried about the Saints because we weren't going to be without Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. I said Drew Brees is the best – being missing is the best thing going for the Saints. And Drew Brees basically agreed with me. I don't know if you, <laughs> if you saw him on uh, – Oh, yeah. We, had, night we had that story up night. on our website last night. He, he, he had a little that fun. That was awesome. That was hilarious. Know, a 55-yard yeah. touchdown highlight. He's like, I guess this is what the Saints offense has been missing. And then he kind of laughed. That was so cool. And, uh, 
Yeah, man, listen. It was, it, it was really funny, it, funny it, to it hear was the, awesome. the whole crew laughing awesome. behind them. Oh, yeah, no. It was it was, it was was a great day yesterday for Saints fans. They need, yeah. to, they need to enjoy as, it every day up until next without Sunday. Without Michael Thomas, without Michael Thomas, who else is going to catch balls besides Callaway? Callaway only caught the first ball of the game. So we've got – if you're in the NFL, you know, Michael Thomas didn't invent catching the football. These guys can catch the ball, and Winston's going to get it to them. The uh, – the um the defense that you were worried about, Dennis Allen, that's the best thing we have coming back. He had the number four defense last year, and that's not going to go away. Hey, um, listen, listen, I, I will not apologize for being worried going into that game, especially on Saturday when the reports were that Lattimore's status was downgraded. I was worried about Paulson Adebo and, and Desmond Trufant starting against Aaron Rodgers. Um it might sound silly now. It, I don't think that was silly on Saturday night and then Sunday morning. And then a lot of more ended up playing. Uh, it didn't matter. I mean, they they could have they could have put Jason David out there, Jason David today out there, and they you know the Saints would have won. I mean, yeah. yeah here, well, here, I have, here is I've, the biggest here is the biggest thing that that you haven't mentioned yet, and that is that the Saints dominated in the trenches. That's where they dominated. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were some of those plays by Winston where he just had ample time. Meanwhile, you know, Rodgers was under duress. Rodgers was under duress, uh, uh, you know, a ton. The line of scrimmage, well, speak, that, that is where that, nearly every football game is won and lost and everything else outside of it is, you know, I'm not saying obviously everything else outside of it is extremely important, but that's where it starts. And if you can, if you can dominate on both sides, you're going to win. And they, they dominated on both sides. Well, and speaking of that, you, uh, the one thing that's bothering me a little bit this morning, you're, it seems like you're almost wanting to dismiss how much the Saints dominated by you keep alluding to the fact that Green Bay was rusty. This is not a preseason game. <laughs> this is the first This game counted. Green Bay, to me, only looked as rusty as Tampa Bay did in week nine last year. I'm not trying to take away anything from the Saints win yesterday. I said Packers fans, glass half full Packers fans will say, oh, we're rusty. Glass half empty Packer fans will say, we got some serious turmoil in the locker room. And, you know, I was pointing out how Aaron Rodgers was viewing it as opposed to how his coach was. He says, look, it's one game, you know, we, it's early in the season. Right. And his coach says, you know, we just got embarrassed by the Saints and dominated. Now, I, don't, I don't care about the Packers. I care about the Saints, man. That was – enjoy the hell out of that one all day today – all day tomorrow, hell, as long as you want the rest of your life. I'm not. I'm not going to try to tell any Saints fan. They Saints fans want to overreact, underreact. I whatever. I don't care. I'm. I'm enjoying well, that. One. The, my last. My last question is: How confident are you feeling in your prediction of the Saints going seven and ten? I'm just no, wondering about after, that. You after you yesterday, they only played not two as, teams not winning confident. records last year. <laughs> after yesterday, you, you, not you, as you, confident. You did <laughs> one of the two teams that they played last year that had a winning record. You failed to mention that it was Tampa Bay, the Super Bowl champs, and we swept them. So that yeah, that uh, and, and he lost in the playoffs. Unfortunately, that was last year, man. Who cares about last because, year? I only care about yesterday. Thirty-eight to three. Yeah, well, uh, you know that was my last prediction when I. Hung up last time was it? I think you're going to really enjoy a season. So it well, sounds like it's off the great. Start. I really enjoyed yesterday, man. That was uh, all right. Scott. That was beautiful. Thanks for the call. The best Saints wins. I you tell me last week they're going to win Sunday. Okay, sure, I believe it. 
I, my prediction was they were going to lose a very close game at the wire to Green Bay. That was wrong. It's way wrong. Let me tell you something about yesterday. Everybody was wrong. Who would win or who would lose, but about how that game would play out. 38-3. to three. I mean, the Saints just beat the Packers' offense into submission. He's sitting there with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter watching Jordan Love take snaps. You know, it's one game. That's 16 of them left. <sighs> ESPN1420.com. Good morning. Scott, what's up, brother? What's happening, Richard? Oh, man, life is good. Life is good. It's amazing. Absolutely. It's amazing to have – it's a refreshing feeling, that is, should I say, to have a quarterback that can put the ball anywhere he wants on the field. And that's to take nothing away from Drew at all. But there was just some throws yesterday that I haven't seen anybody in a black and gold do for about 10 years. And the decision-making that Jameis had was fantastic. He took exactly what the pass defense gave him. And that's something you just did not see from him in, in Tampa Bay. The, uh, the only mistake he made was throwing it into triple coverage uh, in the end zone on the interception that was called back. Mm-hmm. And even that was a dime. But that's the only flaw that this man did yesterday. And how about when he lowered his shoulder and absolutely laid out the safety for Green Bay? That right there, I was, I, you know, you could slide, my boy, but I like the fact that he lowered his shoulder and just completely brought the wood. Um, I, I don't know what to say. I, I, I had this. I'm with you. I was thinking seven and ten uh, going into the year. I definitely had this one as an L. And uh, man, it's uh, it's it's fantastic what what unfolded yesterday. I'm I'm curious about Davenport. And Oof. and the center that went down. Yeah, McCoy, um, da- Davenport. I mean, it's just this is the story, right? I mean, you know, he, he's he was just he was making plays all. He was just being disruptive all over the field. Just no doubt. Uh, just gee, being the ultimate disruptor. Had the big sack, and then he leaves. Don't even know what the injury is, and now Duncan's reported it might be bad. I mean, that's just, this is a story with him, you know? It's like... It is. He's just... It is. It, it, it's unfortunate. Peyton Turner was inactive yesterday, and that's not necessarily because he had a bad camp because outside of an injury, he apparently had a good one, but it was because they just had enough players to to get it done. So uh, my guess is if Davenport's out, you'll see you'll see plenty of Carl Grandison, and you'll start seeing plenty of Peyton Turner, but it's unfortunate. Um, hopefully Duncan's report is off, and... You know, Davenport doesn't really miss much time, but I wouldn't bet on it at this point. So, you know, but let's not talk about that. It's it's the day after no, the, the beautiful performance yesterday. Just enjoy it. Yeah, and fair enough. Fair enough. I'm always looking ahead like this. That's just kind of like it's a, it's how I, I am, and um, I tend to worry about stuff that, you know, I probably shouldn't. Like, but like, anyway. seven, like I don't even care about, like, okay, I pick 7 and 10. I don't even care. Like, I – they go seven and ten. They go ten and seven. Whatever. Today, I, I, I don't care about my predictions on when the Saints are playing. Sure. I just care about the Saints. And no, for I that one yesterday, it, man, I, I just today, I just want to, I just want to enjoy it, man. I want to just inject was, as much of it into my veins as I can. 
it was fantastic. I just can't. God, it's so nice having a quarterback. And like, I don't want. I'm not trying to dog on Drew at all. Like, I love Drew. Like, it's just so nice to have somebody who could literally throw the ball wherever the playbook needs to have it thrown. You know, like how long has it been? You know, like in terms of a pretty- deep ball. I mean, like you know. All right. So if we if we want to look, we want to look back at the last time. Like, let's look at the 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 55 yard touchdown to Harris. The last time that play was really in the Saints' offense was 2014. Nicks ran it a few times. Um, he threw he and, threw about a 35 yard out route to I, I can't remember who the receiver was. Probably off of his back foot going yeah. to his left. Yeah, and the, the, you yesterday. know it, it, look with with Breeze, you got the most accurate passer in NFL history. But over the last five years, everything sort of. 25 and under was on the money and everything was, after it that was, was all west coast everything it was all west everything coast everything beyond stuff. 25 yards was you know you don't know if it's going to get there or not right um yeah. and and, yeah. and with winston we'll see you know it's it's always been about decision making but it's it's never been a question of does he have the arm to do it you know he's always had the arm to do it and um, i know i know but like we we i feel like i feel like peyton is uh, a quarterback whisperer to a degree. We'll see. Um, Yesterday I was mean, great. James, Yesterday was great. Jameis looks so healthy. He He's probably, what, lost 10, 15 pounds? Well, yeah, I mean, the LASIK surgery, became a vegan. You know, those things I, Those things can make a difference when you play quarterback in the NFL. And he just, he's. I mean, honestly, the only poor decision he made was throwing it into triple coverage uh, on that one play. I mean, like, other than that, Scott, he took what they gave him, man. Like, that is all he needs to do. If he can manage the game like this, God, dog, man, we're, we're, we're a problem for people. Um, it's, it's pretty awesome. Anyway, who that, bro? Enjoy right, it. Thank you. ESPN1420.com. You can email me, Scott, at ESPN1420.com. You can tweet the show at ESPN1420. Clark emails, Scott, how about Juwan Johnson? I heard you saying you weren't super high on him. How did you feel about his first performance? Uh, I wasn't super high on his blocking. I had no doubt he was a good pass catcher. And guys still transitioning to tight end. But from a pass catching standpoint, I mean, he was great. Great body control on the, 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 you know, he had to go up and get both of those touchdown catches. And then on the fourth and seven tight end screen, he had to sell that block and turn around in a hurry and then wait for Ramchek to come and just demolish the Packer defender in the area so he could get beyond the first down marker and move the sticks. Yeah, with what he was called to do yesterday, he was tremendous. Here's Juwan Johnson. Uh, I'm not even going to lie to you. It's, it's really God, bro. Like I, I'm, I'm not even going to lie to you. Like just, just from the year that I had last year, just being able to play, I was excited. And knowing last year when I got cut and I was on practice squad, it's like I told you guys before, um, I just hated that feeling sitting and watching you know, the team play, and I feel like I couldn't contribute. Because I've always been a guy that I just always wanted to just be out there and contribute. I don't care about stats, I don't care about catches. I just like to win. I love to win. And so when I couldn't do that, I had no control over it, 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 it cut me deep. So this offseason, I really, I really grinded hard. Like, I grinded really hard. So, you know, you know really coming out here and, them having trust in me and them, you know, valuing me and, and giving me the ball and having me allow me to make plays and be on special teams is it's a blessing, man. Like this is something that, you know, I, I prayed for in the offseason. Now I'm finally seeing it during the season. All right, good stuff from him. Let's head back to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Lord is God. What's happening? 
Oh, much. Oh, not much. What a glorious day it is. I mean, Saints win, Cowgirls lose. My Yankees stopped the um the losing streak, uh, even though we lost last night. But it's That's okay. Nice. I'm overlooking for now. You know, I say this about. I want to say this about our coaches. You might agree or might disagree. To say we don't have, we have a bunch of complimentary role players, young guys coming up trying to get their name out there. We don't have a lot of Cameron Jones or Jack Rabbit out there, and then we don't have a superstar quarterback. You know, I look at it this way: I think that's the best coaching the Saints did to say with well, what the pieces we have and young guys. I think they coach, they tail off. They did old school football coaching. Just they ran the ball more. The defense. They didn't overplay. They didn't do no trick play. They didn't do no craziness. I'm pretty sure Breeze was watching the game, saying why he didn't call balance like that when I was there. <laughs> you know. Now Scott, they. I think we're the only ones really can brag. I know my job, man. My supervisor, he's a, uh, a cheese head, and he was talking a lot of trash. So we made a bet. I know he's listening. He had to wear a Saints jersey for a week. A week. And you know what? A week at work, everywhere he go for a week, take a picture and everything. Got to be on social media, TikTok with it, everything. Now, you know what? He has not showed up to work yet. Uh-oh. Is he, he calling, is, is, he calling showing, in, is he calling in sick? We don't know. Everybody's waiting for him. He's not showing up. He listens to the show. Don't worry. That cheese and melted, man. He, That's what happened. That cheese melted yesterday. Yeah, that cheese that melted. That's why I call him Swiss cheese. <laughs> that Florida heat. Hey, I just want to say the glorious day. Have a good one, Scott. Thank glorious. You. Thanks for the glorious song. Yes. 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 <laughs> I love it. Right. Thanks for that song. That's that wrestler dude. Uh, rude. Love it. Appreciate Later. it, man. Have a good one. You see that? You see when the Saints play good? When all the teams win on the weekend, it just it makes the work week better. It makes Monday morning. When you come in on a Monday morning after a rough weekend for your teams on the gridiron, it's like you're lagging. Or in the case of that cheese head, maybe you just, maybe you just become a coward and don't show up. In terms of, you know, he, he mentioned Sean Payton. In terms of the game plan that was called and going into that game, it's as it's as as good of a game plan as Sean Payton's had for a game in his career. He's had some good ones. Uh, everyone, I think Nick Underhill wrote about it. I mean, I was there in '09 when the Saints played New England on Monday Night Football, and that was uh, just a beautifully called game. And late in the game, you had on the sideline getting benched because the team had no chance to come back and win. You saw it yesterday with Aaron Rodgers. I don't I don't know what the offense is gonna look like all season. But having that yesterday, you lose your start and center on the opening drive and offensively you don't miss a beat. Continue to run the ball. I mean, you ran the ball very effective early in the game. Opening things up. Bottom of the hour. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Talking Saints, a UL and LSU as well. Derek emails. Says, Scott, how did you feel about the Cajuns game? Heard you talk to Dr. Maggard last hour. I was at the game as well. Concession stands were long, unfortunately, but the environment outside of that was great. It was a fun evening. 
aside from the ball on the field. I have concerns about the team's defense after the first two weeks of the season. How do you feel about it? I think they have concerns about it too. I, I know that so far, you can look, Lindsey Scott was great. Dewan Dixon was, was Dejon Dixon was, was terrific, but he gave up 511 yards to an FCS school. Um, you know, they were nine of 16 on third downs. So through two weeks, there are some issues that they got a remedy and they've got a short week and they've got Ohio Thursday and you know, eventually going to get into conference play. But I, I think, I don't think there's anything out there. Look, the secondary I, I thought was going to be one of the biggest strengths of this team. Uh, and I think it still has the ability to, it's like you see the talent on the field. So I don't think there's anything the one-on-one Cajuns have done this year that isn't fixable, especially with that staff. Um, but so far through two games, yeah, I'm not going to tell anyone. I don't think defense is fine. No, through two games, it, it had been. On the pick six, as Chris Moncrief said, though, I mean, Patrick Tony, the D coordinator, called the defensive play. He said he was prepared for it, and at pick six, proved to be the biggest difference maker in the game. Appreciate the email. 269-1077. Let's take one more before we take a timeout. Good morning. Welcome in to the show. Hello. Hello, Scott. Hey, uh, I just wanted to mention um, one of Winston's, one of our favorite plays that wasn't a completion even. How about when he, because, uh, you know, Sean Payton had mentioned that he's going to take Winston and he's going to tell him that he's not going to allow him to throw 30 interceptions. He's taking that out of the, out of the agenda, you know. Um, and so how about when Winston had seemingly like 10 seconds to throw he looked through all his reads. There's nothing there, and he actually threw the ball out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I remember. Oh, I yeah. thought that was that was incredible, and that was one of our favorite plays early on. It, it, um, that, so that, just, that tells you everything you need to know right there about James. Exactly. Right? You had a lead. You, you had full control of the game. You had as much time as you had. It was it was the most time you had in the pocket all day, and he had a lot of time. And he's just right. That one play was the most. Finally, starts to feel a little pressure, and I'm just going to air it out of bounds over the head of my check down, who was covered, and make sure it's close enough that I'm not going to get intentional grounding and move on to the next play. Right. In fact, it spoke to confidence in um, knowing that there, you know, he could lift to play another play. Same with uh, how about the two fourth down conversions? You could see there was they didn't have to guess whether they were going to go for it on fourth down or not. Sean knew ahead of time that he was going to be going for and fourth down on both of those plays, uh, when you, including when, the one when where you he get into that. a rhythm and you you feel like you know what the defense is going to bring out. Like it's possible that they come to the line and if if the defense is not aligned the way that they expected, they call a timeout. And then many folks at home complain, "Why are you wasting a timeout?" Blah blah blah. I mean, they got the zone coverage look on that fourth and seven. And to go for it on fourth and seven when it's still ten nothing, and you're at the, yeah. you're at your own forty. I mean, that was Sean Payton just just you know pulling out his marbles and putting them on the table. Like deal with it. They got the they got the exact look they wanted um, in the zone coverage. And Juwan Johnson, you know, sold the block, said I got to turn around quickly or else it's going to be a sack. And Winston just put it in there and then Johnson has the wherewithal let me wait for Ramcheck to maul this guy and got the got the first down plus an extra 5 yards uh and then on the fourth down yeah and then Green Bay's uh, coaching staff looks like uh, uh yeah, wait yeah. they're stealing our play <laughs> and then and then on fourth and goal that was not the first read 
Um, I think Garrett Griffin was. He's covered. And then he's got, you know, a guy who's got – Winston has two hands in his face, and he's able to throw the ball up, complete the pass. Great grab by Johnson to go up and get it. Um, and, oh, he could have dunked the ball going that yeah, high. It was uh, – it was – it was <laughs> – but I, again, I think you know if when when you when you're in the zone as a play caller and it's on all coming together, you know Sean at some point you know if he wanted to rub it in when they were up big, he probably would have started going for it on like fourth and fourteen. But he wouldn't do anything like that. But that I guarantee you, if you asked him, you can get it right now. He'd have been like, oh, you want to bet? Like, let me dial it up right <laughs> here. It was that it was that kind yeah. of day for him where yeah, it was like was they just, right. oh, it was perfect. See, see, see how much, see how much better your week starts off on a Monday when stuff like that happens. Yeah, it's also a good week for sure. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. All right, Scott. Later. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Marshawn Lattimore had quite an interesting day. The latest on him, his deal, his injuries. We'll dig into it next. ESPN fourteen twenty. Don't go anywhere. Oh, how good was it, guys, to see? the teams back out on the gridiron to see NFL football back on our TVs. And lucky for us, that was just week one. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL, is putting us in the center of the action for week two, putting you in the center of the action because new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars of total prizes with their first deposit by signing up for the DraftKings fantasy app using code 1420. Get in on the action now. That's code 1420. How do you play? Simple. Pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, see how your team stacks up. That's it. Compete. Feel the NFL action like you've never felt it before with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use code 1420. This week, new customers can get a free shot at a million dollars in total prizes. Enter code 1420 to get a free shot at millions in total prizes with that first deposit. That's code 1420 only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. The ESPN 1420 app, available for download in the App Store and Google Play. Download and tap away. Well, I just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. On second down, aired out, Deontay Harris. He's got it, touchdown, another for Winston. He says Saints, Pelicans, Cajuns, and Tigers as much as Danny Glover says. It's Scott Prather on The Great Scott Show on ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. Back in to the great Scott show, the great sports callers. Open thing take. I'm Scott Prather. Keep them coming, guys. Two six and seventy seven. Lots of calls this morning on a Monday. 
Email scott at ESPN1420.com. You can tweet the show at ESPN1420. Troy email says, spoiler alert, that wasn't the NFC Championship game. Please remind the callers that we are in NFL week one. Hey, guys, I don't know if all of you knew this, but that was just week one. So now you've been reminded. You see, there are going to be people today that tell you, hey, it's just one game that will eventually break your heart. You know what? History tells us that most of the time that's true. But who cares today? Saints just beat a Super Bowl favorite by five touchdowns. Enjoy today in every way imaginable if you're a Saints fan. Because that was fun as hell. 42 after the hour. 269-1077-269-1077. Going to get into some other takeaways from some Week 1 NFL games as well in just a moment. But for now, let's head back to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Hello. When Jawan Johnson caught those touchdown passes, the only thing I kept thinking about <laughs> was that conversation. But uh, like you said, it's just one game. Hey, you know what I found out this morning? That the Miami Dolphins haven't appeared in the Super Bowl since the eighty four uh, since the nineteen eighty four season. I just found that out. You just found so that think, out, uh, huh? Yeah. Yeah, so I think the guy who sent that email, I think he, I think he has some more important things to worry about than uh, what Saints, Vic, uh, hey, Saints fans. Dolphins fans should enjoy today too because they, <laughs> it looked like they were about to lose that one. Xavion Howard made a play. I picked the Dolphins to go to the playoffs. Good, I. It was a great win by Miami yesterday. Get a one point win against yeah. the Pats like that. Good for them. I mean it. I mean it. I, I wouldn't try to rain on anyone's parade, but uh, boy, with the Saints and and you know, look, let's not. Let's not dismiss the the big thing that there are a ton of Saints fans right now that don't have power, that have been through a lot, and they they needed that for a lot of reasons yesterday, just as a lift, as a pick me up, and uh, that was awesome as well. You know, there's no there's no there's no downplaying that. It was great. Uh, Davenport, oh. it, it's nice to see him. It's you know, but did you did you hear what did you hear what Duncan did you hear what Jeff Duncan tweeted this morning though? No, nothing official yet. He, uh, he wrote, he tweeted, we should know more on the injury front today, but I'm hearing the news might not be good on Marcus Davenport. Stay tuned. Come on, man. (laughs) That would be very Davenport like though. Making plays all over the place, (laughs) the game. And now he might be out for a while. I guess that's, uh, Anyway, but no, hey, look, focus on the positive. I'm not trying to ruin anyone's day. Wow, man. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's me, but Cam Jordan seemed quicker. He looked good. Yeah, well, the whole Saints D line. Look, that's really like I. I leave. I, I just ruined my morning, man. That, but listen, <laughs> nothing. Nothing's been reported yet. Just that's what he was hearing. That maybe um, the Saints they they dominated in the trenches yesterday, and I I I, I thought the Green Bay was going to be able to really run the ball effectively. Um, obviously I expected Aaron Rodgers to average more than, you know, uh, less than a point a quarter, but I, the, the trenches and that Florida heat, I mean, the saints practice a lot indoors, this idea of, oh, they're going South and green Bay's going South and it's really humid, really hot. I was like, eh, it might be getting overplayed. I mean, the, the, the winning in the trenches 
on both sides of the ball was honestly the biggest key yesterday that's going to get the least amount of of coverage. But that's how football games, that's where it starts. And for the Saints D-line and shout out Christian Ringo and and Mark, you know, Malcolm Roach who had never started a game before. Uh they start yesterday. Jordan as you mentioned, look quick. He was he was very active, and I think part of it is just he's healthy. I mean, the last couple of years, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. Jordan has been hurt later in a season, played through injuries, and he uh, he looks just looks healthy, looks spry, man. It was that the D line was um, the D line was was awesome yesterday, and the O line after losing Eric McCoy on the first drive, you slide over Cesar yeah. Ruiz, you throw in Thockmorton, who's not really had much PT in the regular season, and they protect Jameis and effectively run the ball yesterday from start to finish the, the, uh, to see a pick to see a uh, interception and see a pick in the uh, in the red zone that was beautiful too it was and it was just uh, a bad throw by Rodgers I mean shout out to Adebo yeah. for making the grab but it's not like Adams wasn't like open I mean Rodgers Rodgers was he, he maybe some of that's just a constant pressure he did get hit on the throw but uh, interception in the red zone was uh, was a beautiful thing yeah, <laughs> that's funny that you said that, man. I was, I, I, I was, I'm kind of been in and out of sleep, but I heard you say, uh, "Yeah, oh yeah, you might look at it as a punt, Marcus Williams, but playing on third and eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not a punt. That, that was... <laughs> Fifty-three yard return, man. That was awesome. Yeah, that, that was and, and our boy, our old boy yeah. Greg Larnard, who who owes me some whatever I don't know, whatever kind of cuisine they that's apparently good in Chattanooga. Um, he owes that to me on a bet, but. He was in denial and felt like the Packers were still in the game before the bad roughing the passer call. And if you watched that game, you could tell based on the trenches that Green Bay was never really in that game. Maybe in the first quarter or so, it felt close, and in a quarter and a half. But once that game wore on, you 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 realize like it it's over. I mean, the way they were owning the the line of scrimmage in the third quarter, it was over. I mean, that's just how it works. Hey, let me ask you this about the uh, the passing uh, the roughing the uh, quarterback call. Um, you think because he was going high? Like I'm not saying with the helmet, I'm not saying it was targeting. You think that he was going high uh compared to um mid riff? Not really. Uh, I mean above I, the I knees? you're talking about the, the, the rough in the passer. I don't think um nah, I don't I, I, I thought it was a clean hit, but I really it really yeah. it also got like broken down as if it was, you know, this this game all three. It, it, in a close game, I think everyone's talking about it today, but Really didn't didn't really have any outcome on who was going to win or lose that game, um, and and when a day when everything's going right for the Saints, you know it's nice to get some <laughs> some bad calls in your favor. Uh, by the way, Troy responded. He told you to. I uh, told you to. Who cares when Miami last made the playoffs? Tell him uh, you don't need to take jabs on the air. And he says, uh, "Tell Jay to get a life." That was what he just emailed. Well, guess what? I'm gonna continue to take jabs. I'm gonna continue to have a life. But uh, once again, I just found out that this morning. That the Miami Dolphins uh, last made a Super Bowl in 1984. So, uh, hey, Troy. 1-0, just like the Saints. <laughs> Have a good one. Thank you, Jay. All right. I'll take a quick timeout when we come out. The second to biggest surprise of the NFL yesterday. Glorious. I'll tell you what it was next, ESPN 1420. Hey guys, it's Scott Prather, and I want to tell you about MyLocalCustomers.com. Although consumers were already going online a ton the past five years, the amount of people doing business online is through the roof since the pandemic started. Translation, it's never been more important to make sure your business can be found online. 
Townsquare can help you find more local customers online. They can help you grow your business faster. We're talking premium website services. Get your new leads every day. It's fast and easy. MyLocalCustomers.com. No contracts necessary. Subscription you can cancel at any time. Visit MyLocalCustomers.com to receive a free competitive analysis and learn more. Be one of the first to sign up and receive $500 in free advertising right here on ESPN 1420. Dedicated marketing specialists who will work with you the entire time, making changes for you and your business. MyLocalCustomers.com. That's MyLocalCustomers.com. Need a job? We've got them. Lofton Staffing Services has immediate openings for security guards, warehouse workers, order pickers and fillers, landscapers and groundskeepers, shipping clerks, general laborers, and logistics coordinators. These are great paying positions, working for great companies. You can work full-time or part-time. There's no fee, and at Lofton, you get paid the week you work. Call Lofton Staffing Services right now at 269-0500. That's 269-0500. Lofton Staffing Services. AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? So you've got an oil change coming up? We can help you get started. Right now you can get five quarts of Castrol GTX and an STP oil filter, plus an STP air filter or cabin air filter for just $34.99. And you can get it all fast, your way. Just order online with our free same-day store pickup or next-day delivery. Start your job today at AutoZone.com. Restrictions apply. This is Renee. Happy to be here. She's not some influencer. She's more of a groundbreaker, turning her four-acre lot into a little slice of heaven behind the wheel of a John Deere 1 Series tractor. Renee runs with us because the most important job is the next one. That's all I got. Nothing runs like a deer. Get a 1 Series tractor for just $99 per month at your John Deere dealer today. For additional cost information, please call toll-free 855-633-2315. The pitch is moving up a day. Antonio's Animation Studio needs a 3D designer today. What are we going to do? Someone who's as artistic as they are organized. How are we going to get all this done? What about about the production schedule? Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Screen for quality candidates with the skills your role needs with Indeed Assessments. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, up to 25 cents a gallon. Cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? Some months I make 200 to 300 bucks. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code WIN for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your next fill-up. You can cash out anytime to PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code WIN for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code WIN. Catch ESPN 1420, UL Rage and Cajun games, get breaking local sports news, listen to your favorite sports shows, and win prizes. Mm-hmm. Roger that. It's simple. All you got to do is tap that app. Yo, tap it. Tap it in. Give it a little tappy. Tap, tap, tap away. 
The ESPN 1420 app. Available for free on your smartphone or tablet. Tap that app. The ESPN 1420 app. Now, more of The Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on Sports Radio ESPN 1420. Back into the great Scott show. So, yesterday in the NFL, I, I honestly, it was beautiful. It was glorious. I think the biggest surprise wasn't that the Saints won, but how they won. Three points for Green Bay's offense. Jameis Winston had five touchdowns. He also had four, 148 passing yards. The fewest in NFL history for a five-touchdown game. What was the second biggest surprise to me? Not that the Eagles beat the Falcons. I mean, after all, it's it's the Falcons. 32 to 6. And Jalen Hurts was electric. 27 of 35 for 264 yards and three touchdowns, plus seven carries for 62 yards, averaging nine yards a carry. 8.9 yards a carry. I mean, he no turnovers. Did fumble at once, but uh, didn't lose the fumble. That I, I didn't expect Jalen Hurts to have that kind of performance. He was absolutely terrific. The fact that the Bengals uh, managed to not blow a lead in a game and win in overtime as time expired—that's typically one where they either tie or just blow it. That was a surprise. There were some surprises. But to finish the show, Peter King spoke to Jameis Winston last night. I bring it up because we had a caller earlier who said the best, his favorite play of the game by Jameis Winston was when he had the most time he had in the pocket all day and then just threw it away. Because, right, that's the thing with Jameis. It's, you can't turn it over. Decision-making. Cut back on that and you could be a really good player. The caller brought that up. Jameis Winston was asked by Peter King. Peter King wrote about this in his uh, Pro Football Talk column this morning. He asked him, he said, what's the play you're most proud of today? What's the play you made that you'll always remember? And Winston said, fake wide zone to the left late in the first quarter. I think we were at the Green Bay 37. I threw the ball away. Said, we had the same play called the other day in practice. I was trying to make a play, and I threw it, and Caden Ellis intercepted it. So I just said to myself, if we call that play in the game this week and it's not there, I'm going to throw it so high out of bounds that Shaq can't pick it off, and that's what I did. One of the great things I learned from playing with Drew last year was decisions over results. Sometimes the right decision is a play that gains nothing. Just keep making good decision after good decision, and the game's going to go okay. And at that moment, according to King, uh, Sean Payton jumped in and said, hey, will you stop eating the cheese already? It's only one game. Get off the phone. In a friendly way. It's been a great Monday. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks to Dr. Maggard, who jumped on uh, just last second impromptu right there on the spot in the 7 o'clock hour, talked about the game day experience at UL on Saturday and about the concession stand issue and what they are doing to remedy the issue. 
Coach Napier wasn't able to come on this morning, did send me a text, said, hey, look, make sure you tell all the fans how appreciative we are of them coming out on Saturday. We'll dig more into college football tomorrow. We didn't get to do that uh, as much this morning. A lot of Saints fans still uh, feeling that dopamine from yesterday. It's going to be a fun week, y'all. Don't go anywhere. Greeny is coming up next. Appreciate all you tuning in. Have a glorious Monday. I'm Scott Prather. It's ESPN1420and.com. Oh, yeah, one more thing. Shout out. Marshawn Lattimore said I was going to dig into that. Five-year, $97.6 million extension. Agreed to it right before the game. Battled through a knee injury. Hurt his thumb. Going to need surgery now week to week. Hopefully he doesn't miss a lot of time. Only gave up two catches for 37 yards. Guarding Devontae Adams all day. Lattimore earned it. Best cornerback in Saints history. Don't go anywhere. Greeny's next. Appreciate you guys tuning in. You are the best. I'm Scott Prather. This is ESPN1420.com. Oh, how good was it, guys, to see the teams back out on the gridiron, to see NFL football back on our TVs? And lucky for us, that was just week one. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL, is putting us in the center of the action for week two, putting you in the center of the action because new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit by signing up for the DraftKings fantasy app using code 1420. Get in on the action now. That's code 1420. How do you play? Simple. Pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, see how your team stacks up. That's it. Compete. Feel the NFL action like you've never felt it before with a a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app and use code 1420. This week, new customers can get a free shot at a million dollars in total prizes. Enter code 1420 to get a free shot at millions in total prizes with that first deposit. That's code 1420 only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.